0: Life Audio.
1: Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome back to Billy and the Goat, the show dedicated to helping you overcome life's challenges, overcoming adversity. Our guest today is a good friend of mine. We attended the Naval Academy together. His name is Neil Stratton. We played football together briefly. I might add, In his words, quote, he was a walk-on outside linebacker. During this time, Stratton earned the distinction of being perhaps the worst player on the worst team in America during the late eighties. I mean, yeah, you played, I
2: didn't
1: play. Come on, man. We, we,
2: we had some struggles back in the
1: day. Look, we were not. We didn't have a strong football team, so there was some. There was some truth to that. There was some truth to that. So, anyway, after news, after news, after news service. Neil helped start a small draft-oriented publication called Lone Star Football, LSF, with his business partner in 1997. <clears throat> they published four editions annually around the time the Internet was taking, off, taking hold and draft information entered the fabric of American life. Although Lone Star Football only lasted until 2000, Neil discovered that there was no information service solely for the football professionals. So, In 2002, he launched his current company, Inside the League, ITL. He published one report daily from Monday through Friday, September all the way through the end of the NFL draft in April. Through hard work and perseverance, Inside the League grew, so much so that in 2008, Stratton was hired to run the 2008 Hula Bowl, which turned out to be the final performance of a venerated game that once featured names like Dan Marino, Joe Montana, and Tony Dorsett. In order to fully put his focus on his duties as executive director of the game, Stratton shuttered the ITL site in fall of 2007. But his love and passion for what he created was still eating away to him. Eager to continue his work, he retooled ITL in the fall of 2008. This time, the service would publish several times weekly with a 12-month news cycle. Inside the league, clients responded, and slowly the service grew. Since then, ITL has added several other popular features and services, which include seasonal newsletters, a free weekly email called Friday Wrap, a thriving Twitter account, a daily blog called Succeed in Football, a YouTube channel, and he's written a book called Moving the Change, a guide to the NFL draft for parents with sons considering a career in football. Wherever you are in the football world and whatever your budget, ITL has the tools that can help you succeed. They will work with you and help you make your dreams come true. Neil, my brother, welcome to the show.
2: It's a pleasure, Billy, and I've uh, been a fan of the show for a long time, and uh, it's encouraging and it's exciting to see what you built and what you're building here and I'm honored to be a part of it thank you brother
1: I appreciate that
0: time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow we cannot predict what will happen in the future but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it with world class professors in over 150 programs the opportunities to find success in your field are many so don't let tomorrow pass you by The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org/impact.
1: Now going back to our football days, man, that's that's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. But there was, you know what? There's some truth to it. Like I said, you remember? I mean, what did we were? I think first year was two and nine, three and eight, four and seven, three and eight. something my like god, we were.
2: But we were two and two against Army, right? You
1: know what exactly?
2: And that's and really that's what matters. At least we didn't. At least we didn't go one and three. You know, I mean, it's funny. There for a long time, we, we forgot what it's like. There for a long time, my kids never knew what it was like not to beat Army. You know, we had that great run. What was it, oh yeah yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. We can you can I easily mean, forget.
2: Yeah, but at least we kind of, at least we batted five hundred on that. You know, I mean. If we'd gone up for four, that would have been
1: torture. If we'd gone one for three, that would have been oh, twice. Exactly. There you go. There you go.
2: Right Good stuff, right? baby. Half, half full, not half, half, half empty. Half empty, right?
1: Exactly. Exactly. Let me ask you this. Starting out, growing up, stress, anxiety, like we all dealt with it, right? How'd you deal with it? How'd you deal with it growing up? How do you deal with it now?
2: You know, when I was a kid, I, I guess I was like anybody else, you know, on the good days, you love to be a Christian on the bad days, you know, you, you kind of forget maybe that he's got a plan for you and that you need to be encouraged by that and not, you know, and not forget it. I think that's something that I struggle with. I remember, I think I accepted Christ in Bible school of second or third grade. And so he was in my heart and I, you know, and, and Billy, I was, I was fortunate like like you my parents put the love of christ in me early on you know i didn't have to figure all that stuff out later so i had that with me so i i think i hope that as i've matured as a christian i look to him more when the chips are down and i try to find a way to understand you know that he does have a plan for me jeremiah twenty nine eleven and all those kind of things and you know, and mm-hmm. I probably don't go to the scriptures as much as I should when I'm facing those things, but I do think I do it more than I used to. The other way that I think he helps me and that he's created for me, and and you know this well, is that I'll wake up in the morning lots of times, and even after I'm done with my devotions, even after I've gotten off of my knees, after I've read the scripture for the day, I'm still nervous about something that's gonna gonna happen. But I've gotten mm-hmm. to where I'm, I used to be kind of an afternoon, evening workout guy, but I'm a morning workout guy now, mm-hmm. and Anytime I get back from the gym, I feel better than I did. So oh my that's more of a, fi- a physical tension breaker for me, whereas the spiritual emotional side comes from you know, the scriptures and knowing his plan for me and never forgetting that. So I guess that would be kind of my two ways that I, I fight against God.
1: Man, you know what I've learned? I'm just listening to you. So first of all, second or third grade, you gave your life to God in second
2: yeah, it was early. I, I I distinctly remember standing in that hallway in Lakeview United Methodist Church, and and and, and making that 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 declaration, that announcement, wow. and accepting him. You know, so again, I mean, really, like you know, a lot of people have, you know, kind of Paul on the road to Damascus kind of stories. I don't have that. You know, I've got scales didn't come off my eyes when I was a grown-up. I mean, I was blessed to grow up with parents who loved the Lord, so I was always around that. Now, they wanted me to make my own of faith, obviously, but I did. And it was pretty early in life. Now, that's certainly not to say that you would think that I never made that profession at times in life mm-hmm. when you saw me, you know what I mean, when I was mm-hmm. the biggest heathen out there. But it's, you know, once he is in your heart, that's forever. And so yeah. that is something that I've always had going for me is no matter what, he never, even when I turned my back on him, he didn't turn his back on me. So, you know, that's been a blessing and that's something that I've, you know, that I still go back to knowing that he has been faithful all these years. I'm 54 Amen. years old now, you
1: know? He's always been there, man. And that's so, right. you know, you know, thinking back, I know that when I was second or third grade, it wasn't like that for me. I had a completely different experience, completely in the pathway. Not to say that my family – was not in the church. Like, my grandmother, whoa, deeply. And then my mom was, but I, I didn't have the same rearing, you know? It was really different. And uh, on on my walk, I've noticed there's, there's levels to this. Like, you, you, right? Like, when you were uh, second or third grade, then it was, you know, elementary school, high school, what have you. Your faith now is, you know, it's you get it more mature, obviously. Wait, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. and good on you, man, for for staying with it. You know, for for there's something to be said for that because there's so well, many reasons not, you know, not not reasons not to, but there's so many distractions yeah. in life in the world. You know, yeah, yeah. How are yeah. you able to to? to keep, to stay on the path?
2: You know, I don't know what the answer is per se. I obviously, you try to spend quiet time with God every day. I don't do that every day. I certainly don't have a perfect record on that. I I try to, you know, I, I attend church regularly, all those things, the manifestations that you think of when you think of Christianity, but that deeper walk hopefully is something that's just a reflection that I don't think about. I remember when I was, this is like 97 or 98. I was at, when I first moved to Houston, I had a little time on my hand. This was long before ITL. And so I waited tables. I'd never waited tables before. I was mm-hmm. like, at this point, I'm like 27, 28 years old. Mm-hmm. And I had time on my hand, so I said, i was going to do it. Well, and one day I was working with this girl and she said, Hey, you're, you're a believer, right? And I would never shared my faith with her. I didn't know that she had a faith path. I didn't know any of those things. But she said, when she asked me that, I said, yeah. And uh, I felt good, not a pride thing, but that God was being reflected off of me in a way, even when I wasn't thinking about it. That's God's doing not mine. But it was a good feeling to know that if nothing else, I hadn't been reflecting total negativity or uh, (laughs) a, a pattern of behavior that certainly did not Ex, you know, represent him in, in a positive way. And so that was exciting. Again, not my doing, but so glad that it worked out the way that it did.
1: Amen, brother. And yeah. obviously your wife, Polly, and your kids, your two boys, you know, the apple don't fall too far from the tree. Can you tell, can you talk about your family? And I hope, yeah, I hope
2: not. And, and the thing about this is another thing that while, Polly and I certainly have been faithful churchgoers and have tried to put God first. You don't always necessarily think about that. But again, by God's grace, our boys are really in a good place. And, And so many, they face so many challenges now. Growing up in our modern culture, there's so many ways for them to stray. Again, we've just been blessed that that hasn't happened yet. And and you don't ever take a day for, for granted. You know, that could change at mm-hmm. any time. You know, mm-hmm. we talked before we got on here about Will going to a Young Life camp. And <laughs> right, that's, right. that didn't happen by accident, Billy. It doesn't happen if you're not providing that kind of direction and leadership that you have always done. I mean, I've been... When I used to be on Facebook, I always look forward to the posts that you put up about Will and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm, and and
1: right.
2: just being a dad. You know, I, I saw, I think one time... I don't know, 10 or 15 years ago when I was still pretty early in this journey, there was something that was posted on folks on the family's website and it talked about just enjoy your kids. Don't act like it's a chore. Don't feel mm-hmm. like you've got this massive weight on your shoulders. Be you, be with them, love them. And that's probably going to be all it takes. And it's not quite that simple, but it's generally that simple. And mm-hmm. that's, at least that's been our experience. I, it's such a blessing to see. And when I think about my kids, I just start laughing. Not because I, you know, it's not that I'm laughing at them. It's just that I'm, I'm, I'm filled with joy. And you probably the same way with Will, you know? Mm. So it is a blessing to have them. I, I never take that for granted. And the way that they have grown is exciting. And I hope that that never ends. But you never stop kind of being on guard about it. And you never stop right. trying to be the best, Role model you can be because things can change on a dime these days or anything
1: Amen. really. Now, to Williams Camp Capernaum. I got to give his mom the credit. I I didn't know what it was. You know, I, to be fair, I've been working on myself and I I dug deep, dove deep into my faith and the walk. My walk like 2016, going through a lot. We had a divorce, but anyway, you know, I was really concerned with with William, you know, just like with your kids, you, you want to be in faith and, and getting the word and, of course. Of course. and, uh, just like you said, that's all guy, man, you know, mm-hmm. and he's, he's at, like, he's at camp now, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it's so good, man. It, you know, when you have the, the, the family, the nurturing, godliness, faith based family, I mean, that's everything. Everybody. I think, I should say, I think we all stray in different ways off the path sometimes, you know, and my mom shared this with me. She's like, you know, we, and, and it came from her, her, her father, mother and father, my grand, my grandparents, and, you know, it was a strong core and, you know, it was dignity and, 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 and faith and. You know, we had they, we had something. If we went astray, we had something to come back to. Some people don't have. you know what I mean? They don't have something to come back to.
2: I know exactly what you mean.
1: You know, they just off in the wilderness. And with today, with all the stuff that's out here, man, y'all are doing a great job, man. Be, be well, proud of that.
2: That's all. Awesome. It's not our doing. It's not our doing, Billy. It's uh, it's Christ doing, and and He doesn't forget His children. It's like you said, Billy. I mean, you're you're growing more. Maybe you had some ups and downs we all have but mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. once he loves us and I think that's something we forget about sometimes even when we're not worthy of his love obviously and that's how I try to start my prayers every morning I talk about hey you know because I try to praise him first and the first thing I say is look I'm not even worthy to speak your name but you know me you love me and you think and, and you're invested in me and only a divine father would be willing to do that so
1: praise his yeah. name that we have that is there a time Looking back on your life, it might be a couple times, but one in particular that stands out, where there was a lot of stress and you seemed to be in the fire, and there was no way out, but you had your faith. It was like the size of a mustard seed. Can you share a time where?
2: There's a lot, there are a couple times. One was really vivid to me. I was uh, i moved to Houston at seven and. This was when, again, this was long before I met my wife. This was long before I started inside the league. I, I had just come here to work at the Houston Chronicle. And it was a very low level kind of job. And, um, but I met this girl who I, who seemed to have everything that I was looking for. And we got really close, really fast. And then it was over really fast. Mm-hmm. And so when that happened, my reaction was, you know, God, I mean, I really thought that this was a plan, this didn't happen. And so when that happened, I kind of went the other way and I had some mm-hmm. rebellious times. And so I was doing things, I, living a lifestyle I had never lived before because I always tried to be really faithful to God's plan sexually. And I, mm-hmm. in my despair, I called my brother and uh, he said, the thing about it, you know, you can't go into a situation thinking, well, I probably shouldn't do this, this, or this, but I can probably get away with this, this, or this. You've got to go in a situation this is what I'm not doing. And furthermore, don't even put yourself in that situation. Those are really, wow. I don't even know if those are necessarily wow. spiritual. That's not even necessarily spiritual advice per se, but it really found a home in my heart then because I was like, you know, I can't just be drifting along and hoping for things. I've got to decide. If I'm going to walk God's path, I'm going to walk Neil's path, and I may be upset right now, and I may feel frustrated, I may even feel betrayed. But the fact is, He has never forsaken me, and I don't think it's going to start now. And when that happened, after that happened, it wasn't very long until I met Polly, and then things, mm. then it looked like, and then it was a situation, and 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 I can talk about Polly later, but I remember the first time I met Polly. I thought, what's, what am I missing? What's wrong here? Why would a girl like this make it to 28 and not be married? And I'm 29. I'm not married. There's gotta be something going on. Does she have mm. a bunch of kids? Is she divorced? I mean, right. has she been divorced <clears throat> twice, you know, all the things that I was looking for she had, and that can only be a God thing, you know, for, for me to be kind of lost in the wilderness, fail out of Navy, Lots of bumps in the road, lots of ups and downs, and to finally find someone that late in life, I mean, relatively speaking,
1: mm-hmm.
2: can only be a God thing. And that's, I think, one of the things that even now I remind myself about because it was so unexpected, and I had—I was so demoralized and kind of lost hope, and that was God's reminder that I was never any, anywhere but in the palm of his hand. Wow.
1: I marvel at that man. You know what stands out to me the most, of course, Polly, because we talked about Polly a little while ago. But <clears throat> you just said it like you were you were in a, you were having a rough time, and your brother helped set you straight, right? Because this has been established in your family. Like you had someone to go to; they had someone on the right path. There's so many people who are not. <laughs> Who can't again, go, you know what I mean?
2: That's another blessing, Billy. That's another blessing. That's, yeah. that's another another thing that God put in my path and allowed me to, to stay on the path, you know?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We're gonna talk about inside the leak, man. A lot of people a lot of the younger generation don't don't have an understanding for what you what you've done, what you've created. Okay, it's taken a long time, but if you could Explain the creation, its infancy, where it is now, and then talk about, we didn't have this before. <laughs> you know what I mean? You went from not having anything like this to having this. Yeah. And people that of today think, they can't understand it because they're so they're used to it. When you're used to having something all the time, you know, just like having a remote control, like we have remote control, mm-hmm. right? Right. Cause we used oh, to that. Yeah. We used to have to go to the TV and, man, get up, go change the channel. <laughs> well, it was right, right. So look, man, you need to be commended for that. Your creation of ITL, that bro, you're on another level. You're on another level. Please, go in depth on about that.
2: So I moved to Houston, as I kind of already mentioned in '97, and, and one of the first people that I met was a guy named Troy Brown. I, I met this girl at my office at the Epic Chronicle, and, and she said, "I used to meet my fiance. He loves." Football and the draft and all that kind of stuff. I said okay, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I met Troy and Troy wanted to be the next Mel Kiper Jr. A lot of people now don't even know who that is, but he's right. kind of the father of draft information, all those kind of things. And this yep. is yep. Yep. You know, late '90s, and so that's this is when print is kind of on the downslope and, and the internet's kind of on the on the way up. You know, not long before the world was the way we now know it. Mm-hmm. And but so for four years, Troy and I did a draft guide and he did the offense and I did the defense and we did a print draft guide and we we had a lot of fun and got to do some cool things but at the end of the day we were pretty much taking turns spending about two grand to publish a guide that we would stack up in our garage so but I started going to all-star games my first shrine game I think was in one or 2 And so I go out there and I get to talking to people and there's agents there and there's scouts there and there's coaches and there's all these people from around the game. And at the time they had just started a publication called Street and Smith Sports Business Journal. And that Mm. was the first kind of publication that recognized what we call sports business news. It was about money, you know, and in the early 2000s, that's when, NFL teams starting to move around and college coaches starting to get paid in the millions of dollars. And you know, now we're in the tens of millions of dollars mm-hmm. and recruiting was getting crazy. And, but, but more than anything else, the idea of being a sports agent had become something really sexy because the movie Jerry Maguire came out.
1: Right. And so
2: a lot of people, a lot of young men in their teens and twenties saw that movie and said, now I know what I want to be. Now I know who, what, you know, what I want to try to do and all those kind of things. And it really glamorized that lifestyle and that business and all those kind of things. And so, you know, back then, TBS is like it was on TBS three times a day, practically. I thought, you know what? Street Smiths is doing their thing in print. I'm going to start something online and it's going to be only online and it's going to be subscription-based and people are going to pay a, a monthly fee and all I'm going to do is talk about the business of football. And I thought, man, I am so brilliant that I thought of this. And I'm going to be such
0: a millionaire
2: overnight. I'm going to the cover magazine. So I did all my market research, Billy. And I, at the time, as today, the NFL Players Association published the sales and emails of every agent certified by the, the Players Association. About 1,500 names there. So I sent out a questionnaire to probably 100 of them, maybe 200, mm-hmm. mailed them. And got several back that said, hey, that will be a service like that will be kind of cool. And so I thought, so we launched Labor Day of 2002. And I stay, I couldn't sleep that night because I was afraid that when we flipped the switch and turned it on, we were going to get so many people that it was going to oh. crash the servers, oh, and I was yes. going to be, you know, embarrassed and, and all those kind of things. Yep. And um, <clears throat> so that first day we got two subscribers. And on the second day, one of them wanted his money back. So that was my humble introduction uh, yeah. to this, you know, this industry. And yeah. so at the time I had a nine month subscriber cycle and I charged $250 for it. Cause that kind of, kind of mirrored what Streetsmith was charging. Mm-hmm. Very quickly. I had a, <laughs> I had a sale. And so I dropped my price from 250 <laughs> to 45 bucks for the nine month cycle. Still couldn't find many people to, to subscribe, but whatever. So one so I go to this next shrine game and, and I'm and I'm kind of wandering about around the hotel and I've got maybe a dozen subscribers if I'm lucky. Mm. And I go around this corner and there's a hundred young men standing there in their shorts and nothing else getting ready to go into weigh in Right. And I thought, you know, if I'm gonna track who's which agents sign which players, here's my golden opportunity. So I just started going down the line and I got everybody's agent, and I put it on the the site. Well, nobody else is doing that. The NFL Players Association wasn't publishing it, and it's such a high-stakes business. Everybody wants to know what their competitors are doing, who they sign, all those kind of things. So I put that on the site, and we, you know, in about a month, we had doubled or tripled our subscribers. So I thought, you know, maybe this is something that people aren't doing. So I started going to all the All-Star games and doing the same thing. I'd find out when the weigh-ins were. I would wait until everybody was lined up, and I'd go right down the line. Everybody's alphabetical, really easy, get all their agents, put it on the site. Agents loved it. Now we've got what I would call a cult following. Maybe we had 30 people that were paying 45 bucks a year. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, well, listen, I still had my job at the Chronicle. I still was trying to do this and kind of figure it out. I thought, well, listen, at least it's a hobby that pays for itself, at least – it's not something that oh, I'm losing money. You know, Maybe it's mm-hmm. just going to be a hobby. So until 2000, it was kind of that. It was something that Polly tolerated. <laughs> and at the time, Billy, I, I kind of hedged my bets. I was like, the draft guys, they're, they're all over the web. Because at the time, you know, again, the internet is starting to grow. And people <clears> are <they're> trying <throat> to put their stuff out there and build websites. And so I started doing mock drafts and player rankings because I thought that's what people wanted. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so we get to 2007, and and long story short, I got hired to run the Hula Bowl as the executive director, which is the, that's the whole shooting match. You're running the whole thing. Yeah. So, so that that's and that's a cool. whole other podcast, but yeah, it was. But I but it was a great situation because I got to make a lot more contacts, build a lot more relationships with scouts. I got to build my own roster, all those kind of things, and that was all exciting. But the bad news was, and again, without I can't go into a lot of detail here, mm-hmm. it bankrupted me because of some broken relationships. So I get home the week after the game, and my phone cuts off, and I find out I don't have health insurance anymore, and I, mm-hmm. and that's how I figure out that I'm no longer, the game's not going to happen anymore, the game's been canceled. So for a month, I kind of sat around and felt sorry for myself, wondering what was next. I mean, I'm, I'm... 39, I think, and Mm -hmm. the game that I thought was going to be, my salvation's crumbled beneath me, and Mm -hmm. it's not my fault, but things have really gone kind of badly, and so Polly's like, you know, Neil, you tried to be everything to everyone with your site, and you tried to break it down to where you weren't charging anything. Why don't you go the other direction? Why don't you go to a monthly subscriber model, and you don't try to be a draft guy, why don't you just try to be a business guy? And I said, well, You don't think I know what's best for me? Don't you? Th- do you? you know, why don't you let me decide all that stuff?" But the more I thought about it, the right. more I thought, "Well, you know, I guess I got nothing to lose." And so we started. So I went to the combine, and I'm like, "Hey, we're coming back! We're getting so excited because i had shuttered the site, you know, as you mentioned earlier in 2007 yep. when I took the Super Bowl job." And so I thought there's going to be great play- again yep. flourishing of and red carpets for me and people were kind of like okay great whatever <laughs> so when i relaunched in september of 08 i introduced the monthly subscription model and you know even in 08 we think about now ordering off amazon all those kind of things
1: yeah people
2: yep. were still very reluctant to put their credit card information into on the internet because they're afraid some Guy in Chechnya in a dark room is going to steal their identity, you know.
1: Absolutely. So, Absolutely. yep.
2: But Absolutely. I didn't. Have, I had no Plan B at this point. So, we relaunched, and not much interest. And so I remember going. We went and visited friends in Atlanta in probably October, November of that year. And I mean, at this point, Billy, I got, I got no Plan B. I mean, I'm at 40, 41 at the time. Oh, man working in a dead-end job just to pay the bills and hoping ITL can be my salvation, but it wasn't happening. And so I remember sitting across the table from my my friend Chris and just kind of pouring it all out. I mean, I even got a little teary because I was, you know, I was terrified. And at that point we had, we had Jake and Zach. We had two little ones. My wife is teaching. I'm working again, a job that was not paying much and didn't have a lot of future. And, you know, Chris said, listen, everybody's got to start somewhere. You just got to keep doing what you're doing. I know that's you it. can do it. Keep trying. And so we went. And so the funny thing is almost right after, you know, you, you've seen the picture of the guy that's like digging through <laughs> to try to get out of prison or whatever. And he's like, and an he, inch away and he turns yeah. around. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, yep. that, that's, that is my, that's the picture of where I was then. Right. Because within two months, everybody had all these agents that had said, "Well, I'm not paying thirty bucks or twenty, yeah, twenty five a month." And well, they wanted that information that they, I was going to get at the All Star Game, so they so they came back. All of them came back in wow. December and January, and now they weren't paying forty five bucks a month. They're paying twenty five. I'm sorry, forty five bucks for a year. They're paying
0: twenty five bucks a month. Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. What impacts you every day?
2: Over the holidays or whatever, I think <laughs> he he could tell that I had kind of got my groove back. You know,
1: I had yeah, my son, yeah.
2: I had comments about things, and the model had been tested and had shown to be something that that could be sustained. And you know, praise God there. Since then, Billy, so many things have happened, and again yeah. by God's grace. I mean, we are we have an, a big event at the combine every year for scouts, and it's kind of like the Oscars for the scouting community and we hand out awards that are voted on by their peers and we give out plaques and all and we recognize people that have been in the business for a long time and it's a lot of fun to do that. We have we're the leader in, in agent exam prep. We have a practice guide, a study guide, and two practice exams. We introduced a video series last year. We typically about half the class that gets certified uses our tools. We are among the leaders in interview prep. I've got a former NFL general manager named Jerry Angelo, who's a prince of a guy, way more energy than me, and he's he's probably in his late seventies or early eighties. Uh, and he works with a number of the top firms. We worked with probably a half a dozen to a dozen first rounders this year, getting them ready for the combine and what they would what questions would be asked and what they needed to say and how they kind of drawing them out so they'd be honest about things and, and just getting them ready for the rigors of those really tough conversations that some of them have to have. Mm-hmm. We are, we have, I have a, a pretty, somewhat robust Twitter presence. It's really not that less than 12,000 followers, but wow. we track the scouting communities, hirings and firings from it's really start after the draft and last up until kind of mid July. And, we're kind of recognized for that, and we're we're, and we're fortunate because we kind of been accepted by the scouting community. It's funny, I was that I was in Tampa, Florida, at an All-Star game probably four or five years ago, and a guy came up to me who was probably half my size and twice my age, and he said, "Are you Neil Stratton?" And I said, "Yeah." Oh. And he said, uh, "You reported that I got let go by a team last spring," and I said. Yeah, he said, if you hadn't put it out there, I wouldn't have gotten my new next job because they wouldn't have even known that I was on the street. And and it's funny because I'm as this guy's approaching me, I'm thinking, wow. here's a guy who's twice my age and half my size, and he's about to kick my ass in front of all these people. That's <laughs> going to be really embarrassing. <laughs> and it turned out, praise God, that it was a you know it was a positive for him.
1: What, nothing so, like he's on, right.
2: Yeah, so it was it's fun because. I don't ever put that someone was fired. I just say they parted ways or Mm -hmm, whatever. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I try to be very respectful to these people. I don't want them to think that I'm an adversary. I'm just a guy Mm -hmm. who's putting the stuff out there, but I want to be a friend. So in so many ways, God has helped me uh, and has, you know, I mean, ITL has manifested in ways that I never expected. And I think anytime you start down this journey, you don't know exactly what direction it's going to go there's certainly a lot of things that I need to work on. I mean, including my language, I shouldn't have should used a bad word just now. I'm not proud of that, but there are a lot of things where I have grown also. And again, I, I just have to credit him for the works that he has done in, in my life and, and all the blessings that have come. Some I've had to wait on, but they mm-hmm. still come mm-hmm. and come just in his time, you know?
1: Brother, your Your story is so inspirational, man, just listening to you.
2: Well, from- it's been fun, Billy, and, I, and I'm blessed, and I know that it's a it's a niche service. It's not the kind of thing where you're going to get rich and famous, but if you are genuine and you develop these relationships with people, it becomes such a blessing. And and sometimes I'm a blessing to them. You know, I mean, there's nothing more rewarding, Billy, than helping people live their dreams, and that's one of the things that I get to do in my capacity. That's
1: what you serve. We're here to serve. And you, that's that's the you do the same thing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. We, it's, it's just you serve in different places, you know, you kind of bloom where you're
1: planted. Are you familiar with scripture, James one three. chapter one, third verse?
2: Absolutely. I just said one, three. Oh yes. Yes. Oh my I God. Because, this, you, I know it. Yeah.
1: because you know that the testing of your faith pres- produces perseverance. I was thinking about yeah. that the whole time that you're talking, man, listen, you're only, entre- I shouldn't say that. Let I me mean, just, entrepreneurs like myself will have a greater appreciation for what you started and where you are right now. It's, you can't even describe how hard it is, (laughs) right? You can't even describe. And if if I had known,
2: Billy, I probably wouldn't have done it. You know? I mean, there were times, again, when, and I got hired by the hula bowl, I was, I was like, I was so relieved. because I'm like, man, this is, this service is not going to ever perform the way I thought it was going to, and maybe this will be my salvation. And then mm-hmm. after the hula Bowl, I'm like, what are my options now? Do I try to go to law school? Do I try to get a different job? I mean, should I try to be this, this, and this? I didn't know. But, again, God had a plan for me if I would just be faithful to him. And, and I think that's how I've done that. Now, some, sometimes, Billy, the answer is go to law school get another job, do something else. I'm not trying to say that, you know, there there are, there are no happy endings, even as Christians. But in this case, I think being faithful to a vision was what he wanted for me. After praying and, and thinking about it and going to the scriptures, I, I made that determination. By God's grace, it, it has worked out that way, you know? So uh, again, I've just been really blessed. I always tell people, Billy, when I was growing up, I want to be one of three things. I want to be a professional basketball player, I wanted to be the president, or I wanted to be an NFL insider. I got to be one of those things. Not everybody gets to do that. You get, you know, right. when you're growing up, you never, you're never sure what you want to be, but you have, maybe have some idea. And I got to do one of those things again. It's a, it's a God thing, solely. So, I know that I have so many friends that are pro- professionals, successful, but they don't really have a passion for what they do. I mm-hmm. look forward to Mondays, Billy. I Absolutely. mean. There's never a time when I'm not excited about what I'm doing, and and even after 20 plus years doing this, I'm still learning stuff all the time. And there's Absolutely. and it's an evolving marketplace, and there's people are adapting all the time, and they're doing business differently. And it fascinates me to hear people's stories about how they make money, you know, because everyone's kind of got there are common threads, but then there are also ways that even people that are doing something completely different from me, I can usually learn something from them because there's something about what they're doing that has sustained them and allowed them to go on a path that's been successful for them. So, I mean, th- I'm, I'm kind of a nerd
1: about that. I get it, man. But I got to go back. I'm going back to your perseverance. And I mean, I even, we even talked about it, you know, a little while ago when I, I told you about my podcast and how long I've been, you know, when I've been doing this, yeah. you know, <laughs> had I known the details and how much work that was going that it requires to do this like ahead of time, I don't know. But here's the thing, right? God doesn't tell you, he said, look, this is what I want you to do." This, you be faithful. You put in the work. Now, God doesn't say, "This is what's going to happen <laughs> on this day, this many hours at this time." This was gonna... no. He just says, "Did work, <laughs> just work." And you did. You have, and he, and your 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 faith, which started when you were. Second grade mm-hmm. and your perseverance hand in hand, bro. Mm-hmm. Well, oh my
2: gosh. You're, right. you're right. You're right. But again, Billy, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, it's just putting one foot in front of the other, you know, it's, it's it. always going to be hard. There's always gonna be a lot of work involved, but you just got to get out there and, and get into it, you know, get started. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to say there'll be a better time to do this, or maybe I should take a break from this. And mm-hmm. God knows there are lots of times when I said that, you know, but it, it worked out. I mean, I remember distinctly, Billy, laying in bed probably year one of our marriage and thinking, are we going to be eating dog food when we're in our 60s? I mean, yeah, that was yeah. not a joke.
1: That was right. maybe yeah. this
2: is where we're headed, you know. Maybe we're going to do this. Uh, yeah. And, and, here's, and here's the verse that I put at the shirt tail of my email to go out. It's numbers 1479. seven nine. I said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Mm. Only do not rebel against the Lord, and do not be afraid of the people of the land, because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. So God takes Amen. them to the promised land, Bill. You know this story. Mm-hmm. It's, full of, it's full of tribes of people. I mean, these people want to kill you. They're not just going to say, oh, yeah, right. come yeah. on in. Yeah, come on in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> No, you got to go fight it. You got to go get it, and that's and yep. that's the thing. That's my takeaway. God's going to lead you there. He didn't, he didn't. There's no guarantee of success, but He's going to take you there, and He's going to be with you when it happens, and He's mm-hmm. going to walk with you through it. But you're going to have to go get it. And that's it. and that's kind of been my story. It took a lot longer for me to go get it than I thought.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You always think, oh, this is going to, you know, like I said. I mean, I thought my server was going to crash. I thought it was going to be an instant success. I was mm-hmm. far from that. <clears throat> Even now, I'm certainly not rich and famous, but I have achieved a level to where my wife's not asking me when I'm going to get a job, you know, and we're half comfortable. And that's more than I can ask for from God. You know, that's certainly not Jesus never achieved comfort. And that wasn't even his goal, you know. So, again, more things that you already know. But I have been given that despite the fact that I don't deserve it.
1: You just hit on something that my uncle, I'm looking it's right in front of me. i to read you a quote. My uncle was Max Robinson. I don't know if you know the name or not, but he was a he was the first black news anchorman in the country. And anyway. Wow. I did not know So that. so he was on real quick. He started Channel Nine News Eyewitness News in Washington DC. And ended up wow. in Chicago, World News Tonight with Ted Koppel. He was so great. Wow. This was one of his quotes. And you I got goosebumps when you said what you just said, this is his quote. Whenever you are the first, you have to take all of the problems of breaking down the barriers of getting people to understand certain things that they couldn't have understood because you are the first. Mm-hmm. That's what you lived, man. That's why I just, good friend named, you know,
2: I've got a good friend named Jose Jefferson. He runs the college fair on showcase. It's an all-star game down here in Fort Worth. And she- Jose always says, everybody wants to be best, but nobody wants to be first. He's exactly right. And I think about that all the time because, yeah, there was no, lots of times there's not going to be a path marked out for you. You have to right. just get a machete and chop through the woods. Your your uncle had to do the same thing. I'm looking at him right now. I remember him now. I've got I've got him pulled up on my screen. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, that's what, but, again, he's going to go with you. It's just he's not going to make it easy for you, and, and, and you shouldn't even ask for that. At least, that's been my experience.
1: Now, I've been doing all the questions. I, I answer all the questions. Is, is there stuff that that or things you wanna you wanna share um, that we haven't talked about or?
2: You know, I want to bullets. I would like to point people to. I've got a blog. It's at succeedinfootball.com, and that uh, and I I link to you on Twitter for those people that look uh, that on you. Twitter and. Thank you. And i just got four points there, and it doesn't take long to read yeah. through it. It's about 600 words. My four points are put, and I, I think these have kind of been the lessons I've learned as I've gone through all this. Number one, put God first. We've already discussed that extensively. Mm-hmm. Number two, take a different path. I think it's really important to try to do things. Don't do the same things everybody else is doing, because <laughs> you got a lot more competition that way, Billy, you know? That's it. When you went in the direction of Anabo, you were taking it in a different direction from what other people were among trainers. You know, you're know, you making it a little bit quicker. You're making it more efficient. It's a, it's a program that anybody can do. When Pai and I used to do it online with you, it's, not, it's like nothing else that we had done. That came from you, and it gave you, again, an avenue that not everybody else was on. So that's an example in your life. You can probably think of 100 others. I think two more points. Number one, surround yourself with people invested in you. That starts with your spouse, but it's not just your spouse. I talked about my friend Chris, who kind of gave me the pep talk. <clears throat> so many other people. My brother. I've talked about some. You know, I, my my mentor's name is John Paul Young. That's another great story that I've blogged about in the past. He mm-hmm. was like on staff with Bun Phillips pretty much everywhere he went back in the old days, in the Earl Campbell oh,
1: days, and all those oh, kind it's of things. Legendary, yeah. Oh man,
2: and oh. and. I met, and again, long story short, I met John Paul. I was nobody. He had done all these things, and yet he wanted to help me, and I didn't deserve that. It's just someone who again, that God put in my path that allowed me to really grow and figure out, I guess, what direction I wanted to go. And then the Mm. the last thing, I think, is, you you know, (laughs) when I first started ITL, I thought, man, I'm going to be so big and so popular and so famous. I think I'm not yeah. going to have time for relationships, but the path that I've been taken on is it is a very small corner of the industry. And because it is, that has allowed me to work a lot more hand in hand with people who are struggling, trying to figure out this business. How am I going to be successful in this? Maybe that's in trying to get a job in scouting. Maybe that's in moving from area scout to general manager. Maybe that's in just becoming an agent and getting certified. Maybe that is in, not just becoming an agent and getting certified, but now taking the next level and getting a first rounder or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm, it's number one, it's fascinating to help all these people. Number two, it's just fun to, I guess, walk with them through all these through the woods. And I think, I guess one of the, the best compliments I've ever been given was when someone else told me, yeah, you know, I met this person and she said that you're a really genuine person. And so I have been, I try to remember that because that's really important, obviously. And I think when you're genuine, I think people read that and they recognize that. And hopefully it disarms them a bit, makes them feel like they don't need to be defensive, makes them feel like he's a person possibly could be a friend. And, and I think, that, and I think that's a fruit of spirit too. I mean, right. it's just something that it comes out of you if you aren't really trying to stay on the, on the path.
1: Brother, you've moved me, like, and I'm sure you, others listening to this show will think the same. Your your perseverance, I know, you you just say it's just who you are, all right, well, it takes a lot of work to be just who you are, okay? (laughs) It's not easy, but when you combine that to that, no, quit, I'm not quitting, I believe in this. I'm not quitting. I believe this. I'm not quitting. And you combine that with God and God gives you, and, yeah, and you they Okay. Okay. You know? Yeah. Wow. Wow. This, I mean, this is just not just discouraged just for me, but just for other people who, man, there's a lot of people out here struggling right now, trying to figure out, you know, what do I want to do? Sure. And it's, a, it's kids, teenagers, whatever. To adults who still don't know, I don't know what I want to do. Right, right. You know, that's true. It's that's so true. encouraging. so encouraging. Thank you so much for sharing, man. Yeah, and yeah. being here yeah. today. Is there anything we missed? Here's, do you know what? If you do do this for me, and you'll be good at this, share some nuggets for for people for our audience on you know not not to get if not if, if not to get started, but to to reroute if you have to reroute. You know, what, what are some nuggets to, to write? Well, there in? are a few.
2: I think, number one, you're going to have – I don't care what age you are. You're going to have to give yourself away, give your blood, sweat, and tears away for free at first. You're going to have oh. to be willing yeah. to humble yourself, volunteer, work for someone because that's got to – you've got to find someone that will be your champion. That's number two. Find someone that will go to bat for you that will – help you along the way. And God knows I've had several of those along mm-hmm. the way, but you've got to find someone who's going to help you up and not ask for anything and be willing to say, yeah, I know Neil Stratton. He'd be a good hire for you. He'd be a good guy. I think that's beneficial as well. But the most important thing is you got to be relational there. For example, there are a lot of people that are that want to be NFL scouts and It's become a very sexy position, especially mm-hmm. in the last maybe 10 years. And, A lot of people spend a lot of money going to classes and doing things like that, but you've got to be relational. And the way you're relational is you go and you be there. You go to these all-star games, you go to the combine, you meet people. And when you meet them, you don't make it all about the business. And I know that's hard because if you're trying, you get some quality time with someone, you want to say, Hey, what can I do to find a job? Mm -hmm. The experience I've been told is, can you give me advice on this? Number one. And number two, Ask about non-football stuff. Ask it and, it, and that applies to any profession. If you're, I don't care if you're in, in insurance or whatever. If you're trying to find someone who's trying to get you a job or help you professionally, don't just come at them with "What can you do for me?" Come at them with "How's mm-hmm. your family?" Like like Billy. I mean, first, when we got on the call, the first thing we do was talk about our families for 10, 15 yep, minutes. Yep. Be that person who's got who's interested in the person rather than just what that person can do for them. You know, you've got, it's got to be a two way street. And again, it kind of goes back to being genuine. You know, I think that if you are willing to make those sacrifices, which very often involve volunteering, you can find someone that will be your advocate. And if you'll go there, go where you need to be and be relational and not strictly about the business. I think that's three things that will help you, especially in the football community, but maybe generally in the professional
1: it was a strong man. Uh, thank you, thank you for yeah. for the opportunity. This was amazing.
2: Well, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, I, it's always anybody can talk about themselves, right? It's just, and again, because it's somewhat of a happy ending, it's a little easier to talk about. Now right. there are struggles ahead, and we're trying some. We're there's, We got some projects we're trying right now, and they mm. may blow up in our faces. But you know, you just stay in the fight, right? You
1: You're keep still going. It. There you go. And figure it out. Yeah, that's, that's all you can do. God bless you, buddy. Allow me to take a moment to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and much, much more.